podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listener, to the Anfield Index podcast. I am Trev Denny and I'm podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, but a change to our usual structure here because our friend Cam Branch is taking a step away from the microphone for an extended period. And as a result, we're going to have people coming in, um, spending a bit of time on the microphones with myself and Carl and Guy. And I want to introduce, obviously, Carl Kopak. You'll hear Guy Drinkle, perhaps, or perhaps you won't. He's recovering from football-related hotness. Uh, but our new, our first guest of this uh, uh, new period of the show is Mr. Stephen Scrag, an absolutely wonderful football writer um, who, no doubt, like myself, you'll admire and be aware of. Stephen, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Trev, uh, and th- thanks for the for, for the call. It's 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 good to have you. you myself and Carl were talking, and uh, unsurprisingly, your name was very high on the list. So we're, we're delighted to have you involved. Um, hot off uh, another podcast, you're obviously a man in demand at the moment. So it's nice uh, that you can have uh, the opportunity to to come and join us after talking South American football to some people. I can't guarantee the highbrow uh, football nature of the conversation will be the same, but we'll do our damnedest, I promise you that. Well, uh, this, this, this is good, though. This is you know, the, the yin to the yang. Uh, you know, I'm, yes. I'm spoken to kind of like professors of, of South American uh, politics then, you know, about subjects you don't really know about. This, this, is, this is feeling considerably safer. So there will be biscuit talk to come. Yes, this this is good. This is good. Yeah, yeah. we are total ying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for ying. Uh, Find a low common denominator. Stay there. Stay that, there. That's, that's that's my advice. Stay in your lane, lad. Is the uh, is the subtitle of this show. Uh, so that's great. Uh, I I, I kind of envy you talking about Venezuelan uh, um, politics. If you got a chance to, uh, to talk about the professor with, with that situation going on there, but in the background you've already heard Carl Kopak. So uh, as ever, welcome back, Carl. Any news for us? Anything? Uh, striking you this week um, in terms of um, how you're feeling generally. You, you, you were you were professing to be a little weary earlier. I'm a bit tired. My, my big news of the day um, yesterday was a bit of a big day. Obviously, uh, my big news of the day is I repotted my pea plants into a longer tray, um, and I'm going to buy some canes in the morning so I can, when they get big enough, I can hold them up and tie them to them because apparently you're supposed to do that and not put all your pea seeds into like one tiny. Um, plant pot. I've had a bit of a quiet day, to be honest, Trev. That's what I'm saying there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and, and, I, and yet, even that made me feel quite proud and sort of, as I, I said on the, an Instagram, Copac, the bringer of life. Because I actually, I had some mushroom, I had some tomatoes the other day that I actually created. It's 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 a lovely thing. I, I, speaking as a, a, a fledgling uh, grower of nonsense myself, it's a lovely uh, feeling. Like, how are you supposed to get it on? Oh man, I've it's, I've, I've it, just got this image of Steve hanging up here in <laughs> No, I've I've seen I've seen the, the, the photographic evidence of this and, yeah. uh, and and they are vegetables of wonderness. I am yeah. I am very impressed and I, and and yeah, I'd like to put my order in, please, Chef. 
You're 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 quite welcome to to place one. Uh, I I have spuds up the wazoo. I believe is the technical term. Um, and there it's it's look. I'm just gonna. It's it's an amazing thing. You put a fork in the ground and you dig up, and there are spuds there in the ground. Now, of course, I realised all my life that's how it works. But it is quite magical. So, yeah, I was listening when I, when I saw your, your picture of your your pot and uh, trowel and assorted uh, gardening goodies there, Carlos. I had that the opposite of that uh, Oppenheimer quote in my head. You know, I think that's I think I sent it to you. You know, uh, yeah, I am, I am become life. Yeah, <laughs> the, the 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 creator of worlds, which is which is nice, you know. It is it's a, it's a, it's a it's a nice little side. Line. I'm the I'm the Tom Good of Croxus. He see you've lost me already. What's Tom Good? <laughs> Tom Good from the Good Life. Oh, cool, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The Good Life, yes. I'm, I'm, look, I'm just I'm just looking for a goat. We've fully now lost everybody. <laughs> Uh, okay, I have something that I, I want to uh, play to you guys uh, because there's a couple of reasons. One is because of the person who's mentioned at the start, um, the connection that's drawn to uh, another man who was present last night um, in his uh, dashing red mask. Uh, and also it's to sort of highlight what a moment can be like when you actually have someone doing the talking over it who is both sentient and not embittered. Uh, I'm looking at you, Martin Tyler, uh, and I'm now going to play you a bit of Peter Drury uh, as he's talking about the moments leading up to and including Jordan Henderson lifting that trophy we've all waited for for so long. So hopefully the sound is going to be okay on this. investment once doubted by some the boy born in Sunderland in the summer of 1990 when Liverpool last ruled the land and who grew one day to lift the European Cup and a year later to follow now in the fabled footsteps of Ron Yates and Tommy Smith Emlyn Hughes and Phil Thompson Graham Sinet and Alan Hansen to skip a Liverpool to the title at the end of the season they feared may never end the longest wait a generation on and more for the 19th time in their history, for the first time in the Premier League, in the never-to-be-forgotten year of 2020, the champions of England again That's a commentator talking. That's a yeah. commentator who had prepared, who had timed his words. He had some thought about what he was going to say. He's not phoned it in. He's not embittered. Uh, 
even a little bit of a voice crack there in the middle of it. I love that. I have to say, Steve, were you watching um, the Sky Sports coverage or what, what coverage did you watch of, of, of the event last night? Uh, yes, unfortunately, it was Sky Sports coverage. Um, so it's, it's quite a yeah. contrast there, isn't it? Is, isn't it just it really I mean don't get me wrong I mean they're, they're, everyone's kind of like pro Peter Drury now and uh, you know a decade ago he was he was he was pretty abject and he's he's kind of like reinvented himself and he's he's just nailed every single kind of big commentary moment that have that have, have heard you know some some while have been watching the games others were have just tripped across it on social media and uh and yeah, it's 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 time kind of like a a, a a UK channel kind of like gave him the biggest gig going. It's yeah. it's 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 really interesting that you say you trip across it on social media because that's the only place I ever hear him as well. And I'm wondering, like, I, I, I don't even know who he works for. I, the thing I saw there had DAZN, which I think is a Canadian channel, is it? Uh, I'm not sure. I could be wrong there. Um, but that's I, I don't even know who who Drury works for. Oh, he, he does uh, what they call the world feed. So he, he does yeah. the games for all kind of like English speaking channels. Ah, okay. Uh, predominantly across the world, I think the American America kind of like throw their own in for some for some games. But yeah, his voice will be in whatever English speaking channels uh, all, all over the place. Well, but, that's uh, that's probably a, that's probably a better gig, really. Yeah, it? It's yeah, a measure better than than doing kind of like a, a weekly gig on Match of the Day. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like Mark Hotty does it in the written words, doesn't it? Mark Hotty will write something vaguely Italian or American-based and then flog it to the world. So he becomes yes. a columnist and everybody else. It's basically the commentator's version of that. Oh, yeah, like a, it like a, it's a all, syndicated Yeah, that's, that's pretty much a yeah, yeah, freelance yeah. type deal. That, that, yeah, that's that's what it is. But yeah, he's, he's a major, so much better than, than what we've got now. You know, uh, it's like Clive Tilsley's just been kind of like pushed aside by ITV, hasn't he, and stuff like that. You know, and I, and I remember Clive Tilsley from kind of like Radio City back in the eighties, and uh, and then tipping up on Granada. You know, our regional version of ITV, and then turned into a bit of an arse around about the time Man United beats Bayern Munich in the, the Champions League final, and then kind of like came came good again in recent years, and now and now ITV got rid of him. I think because he's got a little bit political since since lockdown kicked in. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think there was there was probably a, a, a couple of suggestions there, wasn't there, that he made around the idea of people maybe educating themselves or uh, not being so quick to make daft comments and uh, you know responsibilities of TV companies in that regard. So yeah, probably that doesn't that doesn't go over well with your paymasters in a situation. Oh God, we don't want people to think, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know it's interesting though. I mean, they're quick, very quick to react. I mean. I don't know if, if either of you have had the um, dubious pleasure of watching uh, a, a, a documentary made about Ron Atkinson in the wake of his sacking by ITV, actually. Uh, I, I, saw, I saw it two weeks ago because I was going to write about it. It, I, 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 almost exactly what I wanted to do was yeah. to write about it straight away because there, there's there's a level of disconnect going on throughout it all that makes it really entertaining viewing because from the minute one, he's convinced. Well, I've got no. There's no problem with me, but he's going through this. I think in American, they call it doing the work, right? He's going through this process of you know meeting people and talking to them and trying to understand different perspectives. Uh, but <laughs> from 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 minute one to minute whatever that ends it, he's just convinced that he's absolutely fine. There's no issue whatsoever, you know. And to prove this, I met a black person. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, here, here, here is here is a black man saying nice things about me. You know, this this is the strange, <laughs> this is the strange thing about it. like they they kept wheeling out Brendan Batson to say nice things, and it's it's a weird one. Have you seen that? that that's the that's, that's, that's uh, sorry. That's sorry. Sir, that's the one where he says um, where where one of his mates says. Um, Oh, we always joke about, and one of his black mates jokes about him. Said, "Oh, yeah, we always say he's 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 um he's black because he goes on holidays to the Caribbean so much." <laughs> oh, I, I I couldn't watch anymore after that. I think I I think I did twelve minutes. Oh, I nearly swallowed my tongue. Yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. You've seen it, uh, Steve? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's painful, painful viewing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. Kind of like a prototype Ricky Gervais in that respect. Yes, you know, exactly it, it, that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that kind of vibe for me. And, and yeah, I've never never taken to to cringe related, you know, comedy. So you know, cringe related real life is is just a, a massive massive turn off for me. Yeah. I've got to say, I'm 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 hopelessly partial to that type of comedy. So I lasted the whole documentary with with the, with the wry smile on my face. Now we started off by playing that little clip for a reason because there is a point I want to make there, uh, and it's a it's a it's a point of continuity. Um, call me an old hopeless romantic if you will. But I did love that Kenny was able to do the presentation of the medals. And I did love that the captain, a man who has um, endured way too much uh, nonsense um, from people in the Liverpool fan base, was able to be there as a Kenny signing, you know. Uh, and I thought that was just a lovely through line in terms of success. It was a very Liverpool thing for me, Kyle. Well, they had a little chat, didn't they, as well? They, 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 that was the longest chat between Kenny and anyone else. Um, and uh, I mean, there's a few players, actually, who didn't hug Kenny, which just, just surprised me, because I think I'd still be there now if that was me. Yeah, but um, yeah, that that was a nice moment, and and you can see like Henderson's talking to him more than the opposite. So it's obviously you know thanks for bringing all this in and stuff, what have you. But um, yeah, that was a, that was a nice thing. It was, it was a bit strange, wasn't it? The uh, the presentation because it started off like a really bad sales convention and then suddenly worked. That's why that's why I felt about it anyway. Um, you know, yeah, like, it, like like Jurgen dancing on his own thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit glass spider to all this. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the thing about Jurgen Dancer on his own, though, is, is that you know he, he he pulled it off. You know, he was that first on the dance floor kind of effect, yeah. and, and he was awkward about it. Just the, the the biggest broadest grin, and you know, you thought, well, no, if no one else gets some dancers with him, he, he's he's gonna have a, a cracking night anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no one's told him he's on his own. I, th- I think I think that was I would imagine that was quite deliberate because he is the biggest personality and it was just I thought it very endearing to see him starting the the um, the build up for all the kids who were coming up at the start um, uh, to see him doing that for the likes of Harvey Elliott to see him doing that for everybody who came up after him and as you say Steve when it was kind of um, tumbleweed city up there at the start it was kind of nice uh, that he was so enthused and he was so on it and so into it and uh, just on a practical um uh level i think they handle it really well i think it could have been absolutely horrific if it hadn't been for what they did with the darkness and the light i thought it was really good so they they managed to get the families in that was massively important to people and someone to wave at but you didn't know that there wasn't a massive crowd out there because the music was loud and only the stage was lit up and they couldn't see anything. I thought that was very tech from a technical point of view. I think that's what made it probably work and be not in any way cringy apart from those opening minutes. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I think you're right there. You know, under the circumstances, they couldn't have done it any better. You know, there's part of me that, you know, is, is, is old enough to to think, yeah, no, I, I don't want that type of thing. Uh, you know, when when the but but within that that same part of me wants the, the trophy that Leeds United were handed you know, on the same night rather than the Premier League trophy. Yeah, you know, I, I will. You know, I, I would I would much rather prefer that being handed to them, or if it has to be the Premier League trophy, let's see John Henderson throw it to you know Curtis Jones and uh, Allah, you know Graeme Souness and, and yes. running we were in nineteen eighty two. So yeah, there's that traditionalist side of me, but. Under current circumstances and the fact that it's now the 21st century, you know, I don't think they could have done it any better than they did. You know, they've, they've managed to, you know, it's very stage managed, it's very choreographed, uh, choreographed. Uh, but yeah, the, I, you're right, the fact that, you know, the lights were dipped, you know, they did a bit of a light show. And yeah, you wouldn't have known that the stadium was empty, apart from the fact that I'm a season ticket holder and I would have been there under you know normal circumstances so yeah i fully i fully kind of like i subscribe to that completely we we have it sounds like we have a sort of very like-minded gent on with us carl here because we've often uh, made no excuses for coming across as, as a pair of old arses talking about our, the way we like things to be and it's very interesting what steve says there because on one level um the likes of yourself and myself are looking at that thing last night and going Oh, it's a lot of palaver, really. Um, but I think they did it so well that I, I, I forgot about all of those sort of reservations. Um, the point about the trophy, though, is a really interesting one. Because, again, last night, our friend Tyler and um, Jamie Carragher, who is absolutely no addition whatsoever to the whole thing, he, all he seemed to do was complain about Liverpool and, 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 and big up the opposition. Um, but what... I did notice was they kept going on and he was letting it run about the only scousers to have won the Premier League. And it's this whole thing about Premier League and football only began with the Premier League. And Steve's talking there about all these league titles that we remember, top flight, Division One being the best in the land. And it was our team. And there were bloody barrel loads of scousers who won it. So it's kind of, it's really stuck in my craw there. And I think... There's an interesting thing. The shedding of that trophy was not a good idea. I understand why this big, comparatively ugly thing is there. I know it's all about branding and marketing and football became a business in a way that wasn't before, Carl. But um, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff in what Steve suggested there, isn't there, in terms of what we value. Yeah, I mean, I, just to go back to us being all farts, um, I was genuinely annoyed when when Carragher left in 2013, I think it was, that someone let him have a microphone on the pitch. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I might just walk out now. There shouldn't be a microphone on the pitch. This, 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 this isn't Italy, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, you should be yeah. shouting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. About 45,000 people. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's not for us, is it, that thing, that, what they did yesterday. Um, the, the Martin Tyler thing is just, he's, he's a really weird man because I, I used to think he was all right. But he does play favourites, and um, and when I say favourites, he, he plays favourites with with anecdotes about the game. Like it was the Firmino no goal at Anfield. Was was there any one Liverpool fan who was slightly annoyed that Firmino hadn't scored at Anfield? That's we've just won that we've just walked the league by like three thousand points or something like that. No one's mm. going. Yeah, but, but, but Firmino didn't score at home, did he? Um, it's. Let's mention that again. Let's bring that up again. And, and you know, I expect him to have his stats about But he started going on about, you know, Welshmen who've won the league. I thought, really? 
I'm not. I'm not thinking. Oh, I want oh, Ryan Giggs. Hang on, Gary Speed. No, hang on. That, that was before the Premier League, wasn't it? With Leeds. But no, I'm actually just here to watch. You know, it's just a. He's just a strange man. And there's a mate of mine who says a Liverpool fan who says like you know he doesn't hate Liverpool. It's just his job, and um, he's just. He's just boring. I think I prefer him to Jonathan Pierce, who I think might be the worst commentator ever, just because I can't believe anyone really talks like that in real life mm. um, and, and, and shouts stats all the time. But um, it, it's just tedious. But, but I can tell you, like, um, uh, our mate Steve Armstrong is absolutely convinced that Martin Tyler hates United. Absolutely yes. convinced of it. Yes, and, I've heard um, that too. And, and, he's, and he's pure city. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe it's just like this with everyone. But um, it's a little chuckle. Oh, there's a little chuckle to think about is um, uh, guy. I apologise if I've criticised Robot Wars. I do apologise. <laughs> I, I would remove those words. Um, it's it's just it, it's just like he misses out on the game because yeah. <laughs> he's too busy talking about you know who lives in Carragher's house. And uh, let's go back to that anecdote four times. After we've done that, we you know can we go and talk about the fact that you're watching a team who hasn't lost at home for three fucking years. Things like that are important. Yeah, I, I just think it's quite pointed. I, I, I do understand, and I've, I've, I've heard Steve say that actually about United and 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 and, and uh, Tyler, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't. Well, can, can I tell you that I've been in the same room as I've been sat next to Steve when when Martin Tyler won an award once at the uh, the the, S, uh, the FSF awards, and let right. me tell you, he was quite vocal and personal in his condemnation of Mister Tyler from our seat about twenty yards away. I won't tell you what he said during this show. Uh, did Tyler hear it? Was he shouting it? Uh, no, but he okay. left me in no doubt where his loyalty was. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, the, the, th- the thing, I suppose, uh, connecting it there, the, the thing I'm trying to talk about really is what what did come through for me was um, in it all the the fact that Kenny could be central to it was really inter- really really heartening the fact that uh, Jordan was able to do his thing and come up and and, and and lift the trophy and all the little bits we're seeing come through um, all day all these wonderful sort of again again I'm I'm of the generation that would sort of slightly cringe at, at an awful lot of stuff. But I don't with these guys. I just they just seem genuine, and I I love. I've 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 been binging on all the the, the little snippets that are coming out. Over not the even Jurgen's baseball cap being on the wrong way around. First, for starting, where I know mean, he's wearing one. Yeah, and I then know. and now he's made, on backwards. And I, I know you I know you're hip downy, and you know you're always messing around with your mates from Compton and what have you. Yeah, yeah, because you're because you're street and dangerous. I am street and dangerous. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> I say having oh, I, like, oh, I just buds, by the way. <laughs> having stepped in for my veg vegetable garden. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, give me a sherry, Margot. I want to put my my, my cab on backwards. Uh, look, I I I suppose what I'm what I'm what I'm driving at stays they are a very likable lot, aren't they? And and there's something about seeing these videos coming out over the course of the day. Now, I don't quite fawn over the stuff as much as some, but I know you you have a scan around Twitter on a regular basis. There, there's lots to enjoy, right? Oh, there is. There is. You know, if you can't, you know, enjoy them winning this and you can't take enjoyment out of them enjoying it, then, you know, football's not for you. 
you know, we, we can all be, you know, older and grumpier with, with a lot of modern football. You know, I'd still love it to be the first division rather than the Premier League. You know, I'd still rather, you know, have one game a week live alternated on BBC and ITV. Uh, but no, this is 21st century and you've just got to kind of accept that. And uh, But yeah, there's just some great... And I think it, it, you're right, it's just so... There's just such a likeable manager and such a likeable set of players. And it was Steve Kelly who, who mentioned it one time through the wind and rain on, on his theory and how a team and a club will take on the personality of the manager. Mm. Uh, so, so kind of we've got Jurgen Klopp and it's all, you know, everything's just kind of like brilliant. You know, it's, it's all, you know, everything is just there for the enjoyment of it. And imbibing football, and that's what we're all doing at the minute, is imbibing the football. Uh, you know, it's everything is just based on the, the joy of the game. You know, so, you know, you look at downtrodden West Ham fans being led by downtrodden David Moyes, you know, or you can look at any team that Jose Mourinho manages and then fans become very, very arrogant and very, very, you know, forthright in their wrong opinions. So you know, I think there's a lot of a lot to be said out of Steve Kelly's uh, theory on how teams and managers and how it, how it how it comes through, not just the players but into the supporters as well. So oh, you know, City's I, I just a perfect example because City were always a fun team. They just they were, were fun. You know, they, they they used to call themselves typical City because you know they could win four and or lose seven, and like, exactly. they were they were not big team, and now they're paranoid. And now, yeah, but I I can I was working in Manchester when Man City was taken over. And I think I, I remember having a conversation. And again, the Man City fans that I work with at the time were all, you know, decent, decent lads. Uh, but the, the Man United fans were just like arses, basically. Yeah. Very, very few of them that weren't. And um, yeah, the, the City fans, I, I did say at the time, you know, unfortunately, based on the Chelsea spectrum, of, uh, of being taken over by Bramwich and, and them starting as generally starting as arses anyway. Was that I give them ten years before they turn into a gang of assholes, and uh, and you know I don't think I'm far wrong. No, no, I think you've pretty much nailed that. Like I, it is an interesting one that you know I'm I'm just currently wondering what how I'd feel in a room with some Burnley fans after uh, after they've been indoctrinated by Daichi for a few years. I'm just wondering what that means. What does that it, do? He likes his music. What does that do to a man? I wonder. He does like his music, doesn't he? Yeah. Where do we see him at some festival? Yeah, last summer, yeah, he, he liked. Uh, he, he, he's a big fan of the Young Fathers. <laughs> yeah, the, the band's not the fact not you young adult men with children. <laughs> the actual band. Uh, fantastic, he's, he's, and he's very enthusiastic about it as well. Is the, I, I uh, kind of say that Trevor's absolutely obsessed with Sean Dyche. I can't quite get to the bottom of it, but. He, 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 he just fascinates me. There's something. Yeah, there is something absolutely hypnotic about him. You know, do you know what it is? The gravelly Steve? voice, mate. It's a gravelly voice. Do you know Yeah. Do you know what it no, is? For, for me, it was basically, um, you know, when you if you've got a column to write, like you, I'm talking, I'm preaching to, to the choir here, right, with you two, right? If you've got a column to write, and it's like pretty demanding, say, I, I, I was, I was doing four a week, right? Uh, and, you know, it, it, there are about 2,000 words. So it's there's, there's quite a lot there. And I didn't like to do bullshit. I, I like to do decent things. And you're leaning on characters. Like I was, for example, I was absolutely gutted when Timmy Tactics lost his job. 
because he's just one of those people you can write endlessly about. And Sean Dyche is the same. So for, so I, 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 I became fond of him primarily because he was so easy, easy to write about. Does that make sense? Totally. You know, some, some people, some characters, some teams, whatever it is, they're just not easy pickings, but, you know, they're just rich sources of entertainment and material. Yeah. See him open his mouth and, and being able to see him there on the television. Well, 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 I can tell you, you may, you may not thank me for this, but when I was working very, very briefly on The Times, sat next to Tony Evans, um, I used to sit next to him while he, he was writing his Monday column for the game and he'd just go, I don't know what to write or what to write about. Can't think of anyone. Hodgson. It's <laughs> just, just the automatic thing. To, Absolutely. It's just that, you know, that's people are going to be interested in it. Absolutely. Him. But yeah. you, you you don't want to go full Barney Roney on it. No. Uh, because what what he penned about about Haji recently just I, I I was I was unwell afterwards I had to take a moment <laughs> uh, it was it was difficult to it was quite difficult it was it was, it was just a remarkable portrait um, Steve before we go any further there is there's a burning issue that was uh, touched on briefly and and you know if you're if you're if you're going to be knocking around in these environments we have to we have to get to the bottom of it very quick so you you heard carl um uh deriding me for um uh, my constant hat wearing i am a man who wears a hat i love a hat Pacey never wore his cap backwards i'm just gonna say that i wear i'll wear i'll wear bobble hats when it's cold i'll wear uh woolly hats all the time i i love a hat and now in the summer and it's not because I'm, I'm a proud baldy i just like hats right so i've i i took to wearing ball caps uh, like like uh, big Tom Pulis um, in, in, in recent years, uh, but I, I I like to think I wear them reasonably well. I, I, we've we've heard uh, at length about the Copac fleet, which is his uh, selection of I think four hats. One of which, unless I'm mistaken, is a Copac Cossack hat. It is, yep. So authentic one from Moscow. Very proud of that. What's your hat game, Steve? What's your hat game? My hat game, I'm still looking for the perfect bucket hat for the summer. Um, but yeah, through the winter, I tend to be wearing a, a woolly hat throughout the winter. Around about October to mid-March, uh, depending on how long the winter stretches out. But because I've got a, a reasonable mop of hair, that, that tends to work as my summer hat anyway. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm desperately after you know a decent bucket hat, you know, going back to my, my 80s roots. It's amazing. Isn't it? I, I, I picked up, uh, this is going to sound awful. I picked up uh, for a hike I was going on, a camouflage Kangol bucket hat. It, it sounds horrendous, but it's class. I don't know why, I just love it. I just love it. If it I, works, you've got to go for it. But the thing is that I've, I've got an oversized head, which is the problem. So anytime I'm anywhere trying these these hats on, you know, the, the, the theory, I, I, I saw one, I got a festival last year. And it was a red and white one, perfect colours, and it was kind of like uh, almost like a floral design. And I thought it's a perfect one. And he had three of them, or she, sorry, she had three of them on the stall, and uh, and none of them fitted me. I had the biggest one, got nowhere near. Got it. So uh, yeah, I, I unfortunately have an oversized moon head. Yeah, I've got, I've got the same thing. Hence my John John Lennon shop cap won't fit. Yeah, it's something akin to the Death Star. You know, I, I have had John Sheldon. That's, that's no small move. You know? 
when you go past airports, you 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 you, you worry where worry air traffic controllers. <laughs> I, but uh, the 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 hair's gotta have a, a, a an ample effect on that. Uh, you like you you do have a big old big old mop of hair there. Not 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 yeah, dissimilar to to the Cobbacks. Yeah, Mrs. Scrag calls it the ginger fro because you know uh, in in the you know, in the childhood it was a proper kind of copper colour as well, you know to the point that you you know you were called Duracell and all that kind of stuff and uh, yeah it's 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 tamed a bit now to a to a kind of strawberry blonde, but yeah it does go absolutely static if I pull off a jumper you know there's, there's kind of like you know there's there's an electric shock to be had you know there's a, there's an awe of wonderment if there's if there's a, a jumper with a bit of acrylic in it. And I take it off in a in a darkened room. You know, uh, you can see kind of like the staff. It, it, it is it is no longer a darkened room. Yeah, no. <laughs> Christ alive! Like, Nick, it, Nick, it Nick and a Tesla nearly nearly powered the world with this type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like them those old power gen adverts that they used to have during the nineteen ninety World Cup yeah. and you know, all the, the national grid and stuff like that. Yeah. So in in times of kind of like power cuts, which you know probably coming on a regular basis before too long. I'll, I will be able to to, to light a row of houses by just <laughs> <laughs> oh, big into this idea. I have to say, <laughs> I, I the 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 nail on the head with this, of course, just to establish it is the real abuse that I get from Carl and I used to get from Cam as well. Um, although he he had no place because he he did it himself, is that I would wear hats indoors. Now, do you draw the line there? Uh, no, I, I'm I'm more than happy to do that. You know, I, when I'm a sick, I a woolly hat on in in okay, late September, early October, mid October, whenever summer stops. Um, but yeah, con- converse. No, I'll, I'll wear them. No, during during winter. You know, I don't. I don't want to use them at Craig David here, lads. But, but, but here we <laughs> That's are. The, you see, what what happens with the fro is is that if I were kind of like it's like a hibernation thing. So I'll 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 come out of my woolly hat after five months, <laughs> and the pair will end up being flat to the point that I end up looking like 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 the aging Paul Weller because we're, 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 is 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 slightly unsettlingly straight hair. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, it, it does, but you know, it's either kind of like he, he either uses hair straighteners or he wears a woolly hat for five months. Weller definitely uses hair straighteners because you don't, you can't get that thing and those pulled forward little locks. Uh, that just doesn't happen naturally. It doesn't. He's, uh, uh, he's gone very light hair, doesn't he? He's gone very yeah. straw haired. The only way, the only way I could possibly, when, when I used to go around in in those um, Brit pop days with my hair pulled forward a little bit, the only way I could do it was if it was particularly greasy. If I'm being honest, so I, and I've I've really straight hair, so I, I don't. I, there's something going on with Weller there. I don't know what it is. I'm fair play to you, by the way. If that, if if your um, handle is anything to go by, then you are a man of a similar vintage to myself. So having strawberry blonde hair at all is quite a, quite the victory. That's two of you now who don't go gray for fuck's sake. And here I am, here I am with a big Santa beard. on <laughs> uh, Betrayed by nature. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm glad we got to establish those, those uh, very basic things. Uh, Carl, I mean, in terms of, in, the interview, isn't it? what's that man? After the interview for the job. Listen, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that. Um, do you remember when uh, Have I Got News For You got rid of Angus Deaton? Not that we've got rid of Cam, obviously, but 
Uh, and then and then Anne Robinson was on it. I remember Paul Merton said, "Well, come on, we've got other people to see, love. So if you can, if you can crack on." <laughs> when she started trying to bully them, yeah, come on, we've got other people to see. Uh, yeah, it is. Back in the back in the glory days, that was actually quite an enjoyable TV show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I did I did watch it with great regularity. Um, Merton used to be very good. Then I'm I'm not sure. I I I I think the idea is you you couldn't possibly warm warm to his lap. Um, I I'm sure he's become less warm toable as he, as he's gotten older and uh, increasingly uh, increasingly unlikable. I could be wrong there. Maybe he's just I, I, arch. That would be fun. Would you be, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I've always liked Sam. I, 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 I think he took Arch to a level that I found a little bit uncomfortable. But, you know, maybe maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he's a lovely chap to me for a pint. Um, but anyway, I was getting getting back to business. Um, and, you know, the small fact of the matter that we did lift that trophy. Oh, the league um, thing, yeah. The league thing. What was it about about what 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 was it that stood out for you, Carl, in terms of you know the the hours spent in front of the TV yesterday evening? Like, what was it for you? Like, I mean, <clears throat> I've mentioned the Kenny thing, the through line with Henderson that was particularly pleasing for me. I did, I did, I was gutted, absolutely good. I understood why, but I was gutted that Kenny had to have that mask on because I just, you know, the the guy's smile is worth a million dollars, and it just would have been a, a, an extra level of of happiness to it but um for you like what what were the standout things what did you enjoy about the whole uh, palaver uh, i loved anything with, with sadia mane on it just because yeah. i think i think even though i've i'm long of an age where i don't worry about people leaving liverpool anymore because you've got to accept that um but and you know sadio is probably going to be getting a bid off someone soon just to see him being interviewed i'm, I'm not really i don't really care about the character sort of like telling me he loves him that sort of thing it's just i love seeing that man look happy and I, I've said it on this show before that, you know, outside of the big two, I think he's the best footballer in the world. And um, and he loves playing for Liverpool. And that gave me a nice little feeling. On a night of very, very nice feelings. I love seeing Adam Lallis the trophy as well. I think that's a really important thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to me about that because you, you did flag up the fact that you wouldn't mind saying a word or two about Lalana on the on the on the Twitters earlier on. What was it like? What what gave you the warm and fuzzies about that? Was it just cause well, he it, is it, because he is something I got wrong? So when Lalana didn't come on because Tyler was going on about you know oh you know look he's, he's not going to get his swan song at Anfield and I thought either he wasn't going to get a medal and I thought why bring in a on when you know when Lalana leaves a medal then of course I think I'm sure he played more than five games of course he did. Yeah. Um, but what it meant, of course, was like, you know, he, he wasn't get to play at Anfield for the last time. I thought, well, that's, yeah. that's, that's not the same thing. There's no one in the ground. You know, it doesn't really matter. I don't think Adam Lallana is that gutted. He would like to get on, obviously, because because he's a footballer. And it's, it's something Leanne said today on Twitter as well. Like, you know, he's become almost a figure of fun. But um, Trop, uh, Trop? Klopp, um, Klopp um, just loves Adam Lallana, just absolutely loves him because he does everything he's supposed to do. And Lallana's got his faults, obviously. When he first came here, he was... Yeah, he had this thing of taking too many touches where, you know, we, we definitely don't do that now as that fifth goal proved yesterday. But it's just, there's, there's a friend of ours who, who says, people won't remember about Adam Lallana, what he did in that cup game against Everton when he just basically just decided to be like, you know, Graham Sooners and Platini rolled into one in that, that day. When he came back for the for the 5-2 against a, 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 um, an Anfield as well against Everton, yeah. When we were also I was standing outside the ground going, well, he's gone mad. He's thrown everything away. He's put Shakiri on who hasn't played for months. I don't know why he's bothering picking Lalana for central midfield. We we don't throw away the derby just because you've got a bigger game on the Saturday. We don't do that at all. And Adam Lalana is absolutely outstanding in that game. And there hasn't been any times when he's been on the pitch for Lalana. He has quiet games, but he's not it's very rarely he has a bad game. 
he just goes quiet. Yeah. And um, and I think that's the only criticism we make him. So I, I, I'd love seeing him with the trophy yesterday because when we got him, of course, he was he was a big big signing for Brendan, wasn't he, in 2015? And um, I just there's something about him I just really really like. And you know, I, I'm not going to pretend that you know when I see him come on, I think now now we'll see some fireworks because he's not that sort of player at all. But um, that was just a nice little moment. So it's another little story in the same way that when I saw Minamino, I felt really sorry for him. Because he just stood there and just stared into the distance with no, with no one around him, because he obviously doesn't know anyone yet, or yeah. you know, or his mates would jump around with their mates. Um, but that that was just a nice thing because he's been there for so long, and that was nice. There was actually a lovely little clip of um, the aforementioned lonely Minamino uh, standing off to the side, and the captain, as you might expect, top man that he is, putting an arm around him, bringing him up, getting him involved with the lads. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like I, 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 you're right. There's something very endearing about that, uh, about that guy, and and the idea that he's shy still. It's 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 quite endearing. Um, Steve, on on Adam Lalana from yourself. I mean, where have you stood on him over the years? I will happily admit that there were times when I was immensely frustrated to see him getting uh, getting a shirt or getting on because I felt that his contribution was never um, it, it didn't warrant it um, for a long period of time. Now you weigh that up against the fact that uh, he was he had this wonderful purple patch uh, at one stage early in his career, and he is like Carl says, never awful. He's just quite absent. Um, he retains the ball quite well, so I I always like that about him. Um, and he just seems like a good lad. So what did what about you? Did you warm to him over the years? Have you always been sort of one side or the other? Or are you kind of um, shades of grey on Adam Lallana? No, I, I was always for him. You know, I think for me, he was kind of like a better version of Lucas than, than Lucas was. You know, he... He always he always came in and, and and offered something, but he always felt like he was half a pace lower, slower than the rest of the team. Yeah, you know, the, or the tempo of the game, not not individual players, but uh, you know the, there was a touch of the the Joe Allen's about him in that respect. And yes, I, you know I can fully uh, tie into the frustration side of it, where you 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 would often look at him and think there should be so much more here. Though there was a potential to be a really great player, but then you'd look at his contributions and think. Well, actually, no. He's you know even even like the brief cameos this season, you know the, the, all the ones that Carl's mentioned there. But you know, I'd add the one where he you know, that 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 brilliant streak of antagonism against Leicester when we won that. Oh penalty. yeah, <laughs> I absolutely adored that. And that lovely. Was just it, it was it was a side of him that I didn't even know existed. Yeah, and yeah. and and it was one of my favorite favorite moments of the entire season. And I think that's probably the best thing you can say about him is that he. He provided one of my, you know, one of one of my top moments of, the, of of what has been, you know, the best season that I've seen Liverpool have in 32 years. You know, I, you know this is the best we've we've had since 87, 88 since Barnes, Beersley, Aldridge, without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, and yeah, Lalana provided one of the standout moments for for the entire campaign for me. That's lovely, and uh, you know it's, you've segued into an interesting thing there that I did want to get to because again, look, if we're we're, we're all being honest, we've seen a lot of Liverpool teams. Um, we're in an enviable position in that way. Uh, it's in so many ways. It's kind of I don't know. It, I I feel weird. I feel like it's actually an advantage to be the age 
than I am uh, at the moment because you remember analog life um, and in a sort of the way the world is going at the moment, it's no bad thing to be able to remember that um, and, and to see it makes you maybe a little bit more aware of some of the pitfalls um, and the, the patterns that are emerging. And similarly in football, um, we're very, very fortunate lads because we can recall uh, an era when um, what happened last night happened on such a regular basis. And it was very, for me, very, very poignant to watch uh, Paul Dalglish's tweets. He kept showing pictures of him as a nipper with, yeah. with Kenny, with trophies and, saying look this i never thought that this would stop and you know he was highly emotional last night with his own kid and i thought it was just interesting to see that i mean we we do have that nice perspective um and it, i something about it carl something about that last night particularly um sort of i think lays the ghost of history club lays the ghost of um a faded past um and just connects the two together and that's why the kenny to hendo to Klopp to modernity thing last night was particularly tickling me um do you know what i mean what i'm saying it, it it sort of lets us shrug the 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 burden of well you're a history club it's something that that barn said last night which i thought was really interesting he was, he was, he was looking across the picture clock with his backroom staff and I imagine Barnes is in Anfield more than we are, certainly. And he said, I don't know any of those people over there, but they're heroes. And, you know, it's, it's just because, you know, they're not big names or anything. Those, these, these you know, these are the, they're showing into the tapestry of the club. They're heroes now. And there is that sort of, um, that sort of connection um, between, you know, the, what we've done in the past and now. And it's the, the great thing about this more than anything else is we haven't just crossed, won the league by a point and, you know, you can't fluke the league, but you know we haven't fluked the league by one point. We've won it by an absolute mile, having won everything possible. It's, it's good, everything that it's nice to win in football. At the same time, you know, world, European, and, and and now English champions, and to do that from a sort of I was reading, you know, if you I, I don't I don't read other replies to things which I know are going to annoy me on Twitter. Whereas people saying, oh yeah, you best get used to it then because this is you're not going to get many of these. We've, we've we've not only have we just you know, made that connection between the past and everything. We've we've gone bigger than the past, which is something I don't really like to admit very often. But you know, we've just done. But we haven't. Again, I'll say it again. We haven't lost at home for three years. Three mm. years. Um, and that's. It's just what they've done is just enormous. It is just absolutely incredible to do that. And I, I mentioned this very briefly on Twitter. I didn't get any bites for it because, um, because but I, I'm absolutely convinced of that of this is I think this kicked off the second that Adrian came on against Norwich and the ground went mad. I'm absolutely, but I'm absolutely um, certain of that point. So basically Allison goes off and ordinarily with an Anfield crowd, the ones that we've been used to for the last 30 years, it'd be, Oh God, Oh God, he's gone off. Oh God. Oh God. We've had it. Oh God. What are we going to do now? Adrian walks on. And obviously because everyone knows he's been training in a park for three weeks, he didn't have a club or anything like that. And he's old and you know, he's, he's nowhere near as good as the man he's going to replace. The cop, because we obviously because we just won the, the the European Cup as well, and everyone's hyper that night. We we bring him on like it was Kenny Dalglish whacking a shirt on and doing ten minutes at the end of the season. Yeah. The ground nuts yeah. when he came on, and it was that confidence that made me just think. And he loved it. He absolutely loved it. He milked all four in his corners of the ground when he came on, like he was taking the piss out of the situation as well, just as much as we were. And yeah. we were four and a half after half time, and Norris were quite good actually. And that to me just said that is 
a club that not only, you know, Klopp talks about, you know, dancers and believers. Everyone bought in this season. Everyone bought in so much heavy. And I think even if he'd lost in Madrid, people bought in because of the 97 points. We thought this side isn't going anywhere. And again, that's what Barnes said yesterday. This side isn't going anywhere. You know, we will be buying players and they, they make time to fit in. Like, you know, like I still don't think Minamino's fitted in particularly well yet. Doesn't mean he's not going to. There's still a bit of jury out on, on Naby Keita, which is nuts because he disappears from once and then course goes like that. Um, and I, I just think, I said this in, in my column elsewhere this week, Liverpool sprinted a marathon this season. Absolutely sprinted a marathon. We thought, we, we are going to win this league. We're all committed to it. Even with Adrian Ingall, we are committed to winning this league. And the only way we're going to win it is battering the world. Not point budgeting or let's see where we are at Christmas. We are going to beat everyone, mm. including the big lads. And we're not going to be scared of them. And that is something even the great, great Liverpool sides never did. It's a really good point, um, Carl Mace, Thursday, about the um, difference in the reactions in the ground. And you're a man with a season ticket, as you said. You've been in a position more than most then to be able to assess uh, the kind of thing that Carl was referring to there. And it, it always stuck in my craw a little bit because it was so much more difficult for me to get over on a regular basis uh, that when I did get over, I, I always found myself railing against the sort of moaning and groaning and the the the, the inherent pessimism that had taken root in the ground. Um you know, if things were good, it was fantastic. But the first thing that went wrong, and you just felt this fear um, all the way back through the years, even when seasons were really flying. Yeah, it happened last night on Twitter as well. When we went to four three, people were furious. Yeah. Well, you, you see, you see, that's that's that that's what. Yeah, Twitter is like Twitter is like a horrible, horrible pres- uh, version of that all the time. But specifically in the ground, um, it it. I suppose what I'm getting at, Steve, is for me that's in entirely to do with Jurgen Klopp. Like I think, I think the way he 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 worked on the crowd from the minute he got the job, he was referring to the crowd in his early press conferences incessantly. Um, he was, you know, he gave them a little bit of toffee, um, to to use a Bob Paisley expression, but then he gave them a little bit of a kick in the arse as well. And I think it really worked. And I think eventually, even. I remember there was some 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 old boys pushing it back a little bit, saying it's a bit dodgy telling us how to support it. I'm not sure I like that, but it really worked. He's gotten everybody on board because he's so good at, I think, just communication. Yeah, well, that was it. It was kind of like winding the crowd up on the on the, on the touchline stuff like that, getting to you know to to sing and whine in his arms and like come on, you know, get get the noise going, and people just bought into him very very quickly. I think it was an odd one was that I, I think I wrote, I wrote a few weeks ago about how, about this kind of like turning doubters into believers line. Uh, it's a great tagline for T-shirts and, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but I, I don't quite subscribe to it in a way that I think there's a something completely different about Klopp was that it came down to trust. People trusted him to do the job and to do it in his own way. And his own way was to, to to drum up this this wall of support and this this wall of uh, you know this, this 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 enthusiasm basically, and that's what he did. You know, this was a Liverpool he took over, and you're walking into a, a team that was still nursing a broken heart almost. That that 2013 14 
was was to lose that was massive because people really did believe we were going to win it. You know, it would have been akin to Leicester winning it. You know, this would have been a, a brief spike. This wasn't, you know, Brendan Rodgers' side wasn't capable of, of, of running on to a run of success like this Jurgen Klopp side was. But people bought into his PC Barnumat, you know, that we were going to win it, that we could win it. You know, I believed, I really felt we were going to win it in 2014, carried away by that momentum. And, uh, and the fact that we didn't win it, I think it, it was just such a, a blow to kind of like the confidence of, of and, and, and 15 was so bad as well. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it was so bad it, that season. It was so abject and to lose the FA Cup semi-final against Aston Villa as well, which felt like the last, the last ray of hope, basically. I think yeah. even then, we felt if we'd have got past Villa, we were going to get pasted by Arsenal in the final. Um, you know, but at least the pretense of, you know, this this run of 2014 was was at least going to go to the cup final and then that was taken away and then we were destroyed by Stoke on the final day. Yeah. And, and I think we were just at such a, a, a low ebb and the fact that Benitez came so close as well, it just felt that, you know, to, to place your trust again and build your hopes up again. And again, I'll go back to Steve Kelly and, and his his old mantra of being, you know, it's 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 the hope that kills you. Uh, and I think what happened with Klopp was that it it stopped being hope, and it 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 slowly turned into expectation. And I remember having a conversation in, in the cabbage hall with with uh, Jeff Gould uh, very early in the season, and saying that, and and it's not like me to be as as bullish as that, but I turned around to him and said, I just felt. There was a sense of inevitability that we were going to win the league, um, just because of everything we'd gone through. And that Barcelona game was so huge, and and it was all a stepping stone towards this. And and everything came down to not turning doubters into believers, but the trust elements of it. And and I think we all trusted Klopp to do this. And I don't think, given that. Benitez and Rodgers came so close. I don't think anyone else could have done this. You know, I think we got to a point where it was going to take one very special person to to be able to to get this 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 monkey off our back. And Jurgen Klopp was that man. I, I don't think anyone else would have done it. Now, now that he's he's given us this, you know, not just that he can go on and win it, win it again, but I think is you know his successors are going to be in a position to be able to to strike out for these type of successes. I, I also like the fact that it's not just Cal Town to the Liverpool way, wherever that is. It's it's also, I mean, this, this sounds really, really negative, but I loved it when he came out of Anfield that day for the final game. And that was at the Atletico game when all the play, all the, all the kids, sorry, not just kids, but, you know, adults, um, lean over the, um, the the tunnel and put their hands outside the players and slap them. And Klopp walked out and went, put your hands away, you fucking dickheads. <laughs> yeah. I, thought, yeah. I love that. I love it's, that. Cause that's not just, oh, you know, you're, we do everything for you. And I thought, you know, don't be stupid. We're not doing that yeah, now. It, it, it's just how, how naturally human he is. You know, yeah. he isn't laminated. You know, he says it like he sees it. You know, and that's not just down to the fact that he's German and his his grasp on English is, is which is very very good, but he will it's only better than his headwear game. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he will. He'll only have one one or two ways of saying what getting whatever he wants to put across at least yeah. to the media and the public. 
in the way that he he can, and that's why his, his you know his, his answers to questions are so honest uh, and uplifting in that respect. You know, he never once turned around and said, you know, I will win this and we will win that. Just that, you know, he will give absolutely everything he can to make these things happen. And I think that was the way that he put it, and, and that was where the trust was garnered. And, and it, it does it. It all comes down to the trust element in it for me, more than the turning doubters into believers. You know, it, it came down to trust, and he ran with the trust, and he's 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 just absolutely nailed. There's something else he did last night as well, and I, I'm loath to talk about this because it's a negative thing. But the, the, the whole Lampard thing yesterday, when he was bizarrely called a bigot, so I don't quite understand um, when. Lampard's ranting at him and he just looks across and he, all he's saying is like, just just calm, just calm. You know, it's a decision, just calm. And then he works out, you can see what Klopp's thinking, he looks behind and he sees that Linders has given some after Trent's free kick and he turns to, to, to Linders and just goes, no, no, go and sit down. As in, you know, I disagree with this lad, but he's obviously quite annoyed about something, but let's not fuel this, shall we? Let's just get on with the game. Rather than, and you know, you think about Mourinho storming up and down the lines, pumping his chest out, you know, shushing crowds and things like that. And it comes back to what you were saying before, Steve, about, you know, you build a club in the, in the image of your manager. And that's my manager. He did say afterwards um, that he didn't expect to be, I think, how do you put it? I didn't expect to be fighting with, uh, I didn't expect to be uh, doing that in the middle of a game. Fighting with Frank Lampard, he said. It was quite exciting, <laughs> which I thought was Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, taking the heat off it at the same time. Exactly. Though, yeah, exactly. And you're right. You're right, man. Trust is the word. Um, I'm, I'm glad you went there with that stick. That's exactly where, uh, over over the the course of, of Anfield Index pros exist, Existence. I've been working. I've been so lucky. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the show every week with, with Jan Malby, and every week, bit by bit, what was creeping into our conversations was, yeah, but we trust this team, don't we, Jan? Yeah, but we trust this team, don't we, Trev? And that's basically the word. It's absolutely a key word. You could there was a there was an element of being able to relax that even if this result didn't go, the next time they'd come out and absolutely batter the next team. But the result not normally did go. And last-minute w- uh, winners were a thing that you could expect because you trust this team, because they are built in the in the, in the the vision and in the image of this guy who is such a one-off, such a special man. Well, sorry, he says, I, I, I heard on our podcast we did ages ago, and Klopp says, uh, I think it might be the Nor- I think it's the Wolves away game, you know, where we scored in the last minute. And um, I just love this line so much, and I repeated it on the podcast at the time. But it's just so beautiful. Klopp just said, "The boys found a way." Not I found a way. The boys found a way. Yeah, he does that. He does yeah. that, and I really like that. And sort of, I, I've told them what to do. They've just got to get it onto, you know. And again, this is why I think he likes Adam Lallana because he's very good at following orders. Julia used to talk about um, Danny Murphy in the same way. He said, he said he's more technically gifted than even Haman is just because he does everything we ask him to do on the pitch. And, and again, that is a trust issue as well. It, it goes right, it flows right the way through the team. I mean, I, I was thinking before, imagine working for him. I mean, you'd go to work early, wouldn't you? You'd have to. Yeah, there was a, there was always a lot of talk about um, in the early days of Mourinho and, you know, good coaches in general over the years, this expression of you'd, you'd run through walls for this guy. Um, and, you know, an awful lot of people do that with 
like Mourinho did with the siege mentality thing. And please remind me next week. It doesn't. It just doesn't fit here. But earlier on, Steve said something about Mourinho, and I was so tempted to play another clip that I've got lined up here, which ties into this show in, in so many ways because we mentioned the comedy of embarrassment. And it's an early team talk that Mourinho's given to the assembled Spurs players after he took over. Did you see it? Oh, who does he slag off in this one? He it, it's it's beyond Brendan and his envelopes. <laughs> beyond <laughs> Brendan's envelopes, he starts talking about um, you need to act like a bunch of c words. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna leave it because I'll I'll play it next week and I'll play it with it with it with a, a language advisory for some reason. I'll put words since it bothers some people. God love them. But, um, but you've got to say it works for them though. It, it, it is for some people the us against them thing works. Yeah, I I suspect I hope I hope I'm proved right that it's for for uh, Pep Guardiola it will not work because he's coming across as um, if that team is going to be in his image. Um, you mentioned paranoia earlier on, Carl. There's a level of priggishness there. There's a level of uh, entitlement and there's a level of sort of. Um, uh, outraged that everything is not going their way and I think it's going to be really interesting even they buy the world and we know Chelsea are going to buy the world they've already bought half of it and um, they've got 17 more strikers to buy apparently as well all the good lads that we've been scouting and looking at are all coming to Chelsea it's remarkable stuff um, and if Jurgen signs no one over the summer I still think we'll uh, have every chance of retaining every title um, uh, and getting back and getting big ears back in the shelves again and making number seven because that's how much I trust this lad. Look, we should start wrapping it up, but before we go, I want to give both of you guys an opportunity to talk about different things. Specifically, Carl, I want you to do a little bit of a plug for uh, some green grass and a ball, so I'm going to come back to you for that in a second. And Steve, I want people to know um, exactly who they're listening to here because I've been a fan of your writing for years um and um it's 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 just lovely um that not not every writer is able to come on and have a chit chat as well so it's lovely to be able to do this with you but i'd like to people who mightn't be familiar with your work to hear a little bit about uh what it is you've got on the go at the moment where they can access your work what you've got available um, um for purchase and so on oh certainly can do that jeff <laughs> Well, off you go, my friend. Oh, sorry, I thought I thought Carl was going to go first there. <laughs> no, um, I, I do um, historical writing for these football signs, and um, I do what I probably refer to as um, after-match navel-gazing for This Is Anfield, uh, which tends to be articles roughly about football, but can often drift into anything that can revolve around, I don't know, uh, paper bagging and up breeze. It's just whatever's kind of like caught my attention and <laughs> retained by memory by the time you get in front of a, a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for a match report, then it's probably not what you would want to read. But if you want to know about plastic bags just blowing around the football pitch and getting wrapped around corner flags, then I'm your man for that. Um, beyond that, yeah, I've got a book out called um, A Tournament Frozen in Time, which is about the European Cup Winners' Cup which somehow fluked its way onto the uh, the shortlist for the Football Book of the Year. And in October, there is uh, a sequel out to it as such, which is about the uh, the two-legged final era of the UEFA Cup. And that goes by the name of Where the Cool Kids Hung Out. 
This is glorious stuff. And if people want to get their hands on either of those books, we know that you can go to This Is Anfield for your for your columns, for the, to these football times for your columns. Um, if they want to get their paws in the books, how do they do that? Uh, it's all, all reputable bookmongers um, and Amazon as well. But, you Brilliant. know, if you can buy it from a bookshop, all the better, because that's, that's always worth a few more pennies to me than, than Amazon's um, scams are. <laughs> Absolutely. And no as, a, as, a man, <laughs> as, as a man whose writing career entirely consisted of uh, bags caught in up breezes and extracts from old Star Trek episodes and tying them all together into Liverpool, I can absolutely recommend Steve's writing um, and heartily recommend it if you're listening, you go and um, make yourself familiar with it if you're not. Uh, Carl, some green grass and a ball, please, because I know there are exciting things to fall over the last couple of weeks and I hope to get back into the saddle soon myself. Well, I was going to say, if, you, if you're talking about, um, before I do that, if you're talking about going off topic in your articles i wrote an article uh for my column this week where i basically compare compare the last 30 years of the football club with the film shadowlands so you know if you're looking for self-effacing nonsense you really have come to the right podcast tonight <laughs> um, huge quotes from shadowlands all the way through it and when i sent it to, to to josh the editor um i said look i know i've written some pretentious shite i mean i always talk about the time i compared john flanagan to the goddess athena but um this may be um and he said it's annoyingly okay. I was dying to tell you that. <laughs> now I can't possibly go on about like you know this old Deborah Winger film <laughs> or anything like that. Um, some green grass in the ball. We've what we've got out at the moment is uh, an article from the Prescott. Um, it's the first one we've actually had about the women's game, which I'm ashamed of, frankly. I've um, I'm asking. I've asked someone else to talk about. Uh, that as well. She's talking about. I do apologise if I misspelled if I mispronounced the name. Vivian Miendima, I want to say. Um, who's a, a Dutch woman who plays for Arsenal, who's had a very, very interesting career. Um, we're always looking for new writers. Um, Stephen is a, is, a, is a writer for us as well. Oh, have you got time to talk about Nick Owen? Go on. Oh, yes. There's always time to talk about Nick Owen. Well, then, then talk. You're his mate. Oh, oh, Nick Owen, yeah. Me and my mate Nick Owen. Well, <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's just kind of like, yeah, a, a child of the 80s, so kind of like TVAM. Was was now always the the morning television program, you know, and, and it wasn't wasn't for Roland Rass. It was kind of like the sports news, which always seemed to be a fella called Mike Morris and and some hurdy handed fella called Richard Keys who have no <laughs> idea whatever happened to him. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, Nick Owen was always part of that with like Hand Diamond. So you know, and, and it was it was just one of those programs that was forever on before school, and uh, he he ended up being kind of like ITV's version of Des Lynham for a few years. And I always remember him doing like midweek sports special, but funnier. Uh, but yeah, but far funnier. Is you know, genuinely funny man. Genuinely very funny man. With with, but he would make terrible jokes. Very very funny. And um, because he was one of these people that would just kind of like he'd be laughing at his own joke before he'd said it. You know, and and you, and you were willing him on to 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 nail it as well. So yeah, you know, I I wrote this article about uh, Ron Atkinson. But uh, his 94 days at Atletico Madrid, uh, and found some footage of uh, Ron Ak uh, being bumped into by uh, Nick Owen at the something like the, the the World or European Figure Skating Championship. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. The NEC. And uh, yeah, he, he did this. It's funny that it's the NEC. I don't know why it just is. <laughs> <laughs> 
is the yeah, but this this interview they did with off the cuff kind of like oh we've we've just bumped into to to Ron Atkinson and here he is and he's got to talk about his his sacking for Matt and you could see Atkinson absolutely see that about about what had happened and uh, and what what was the what was the line he used when he, he went back to I can't I can't remember it off the top of my head but there was yeah, just give, a, give me a second I'm going to find it I've got the website open I have to find this it, it was it was just a proper kind of like you know. Um, not not unnecessary line, but it was it was just a piece of genius that was just massively brilliantly inappropriate that that kind of like played on on Atkinson's sacking from Madrid, and it and it was it 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 just it just topped the whole kind of like five or ten minute interview off. Uh, so I put this into this article, and uh, and then I don't know someone must have brought it to his attention, but you know there was a comment on Twitter from the man himself uh, saying how he enjoyed it. And, and then from there, um, you know, just a, a speculative. Do you fancy doing an interview for the for the website? And uh, and yeah, I, I managed to to sit there one Monday night chatting away to him about all sorts of stuff from you know going to the, eight, the 1980 World Cup and and you know he, he was a football commentator before he went on TV AM. He'd, he'd done a bit of commentary at the 82 World Cup for ITV and all sorts. And he and he just he happily chatted away to this you know absolutely random. You know, uh, disciple of his as a television skills, uh, and it, it, and he was sat in a studio at BBC West Midlands. So because that's what he does, he he kind of like does the regional news in the in the Midlands. So he was he was one of these where he, he'd done the six thirty bulletin, but he had to hang around to do the kind of like the the two minute kind of like yeah. after the segment after the national news at half ten. And uh, and yeah, just in that little segment, he was he was happy just to chat away for absolutely ages. And uh, I've got that quote actually. What, what uh, was it? The article finishes as for Nick Owen at, at the NEC in Birmingham. He had the un- the unwitting line of the evening on midweek sports special with Ron apparently frozen out in Madrid. Let's return to the ice rink here at the NEC. <laughs> An absolute <laughs> act of genius. <laughs> and, and I tweeted, I tweeted the line, you know, unwitting. And he replied to me saying, "Unwitting? No, I'm really proud of that one." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think a wonderful human being. Yeah. For this show, uh, Nick Owen is absolutely he's the perfect level of celebrity. He really is. He, yeah. he, it fits right into our our uh, our sort of uh, our uh, wheelhouse. Our wheelhouse for yeah, sure. It really does. Well, that, that's probably you not know, some green grass. So we've got Leanne talking about Vivian, me and Dima. Um, I've also got some um, new writers coming in. Again, young lads. To be honest, there's my mate's lad, um, Matt Castle. He's only 16. Um, he sent me an email yesterday saying he wants to talk about clubs who were great for a minute and then suddenly just disappeared. But he couldn't think of any. I said, "What you mean, like Monaco and Mbappe?" And he messaged me and said, "Carl, I've already done two thousand words on Monaco." Um, <laughs> and then because he's because he's quite a new writer, he said, "But I I, I can't cut it down. Leave that to me, son. <laughs> 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 That's my job." Yeah, so, so yeah, we've got some good stuff coming out. We've got some new writers. There's a friend of mine, um, David Lee, as well, who was going to be talking about Madrid's other clubs, so Getafe and people like that. So um, it's some green grass in the ball is for, is for people who just like. Um, quite niche things such as cup winners, cup games, and uh, I'll talk about um, another piece we've got coming up um, in a few weeks' time. But there's also, um, uh, yeah, it's it's just incredibly niche stuff. For for example, I spent the most part of the the early part of this of this evening um, looking at um, footage, not footage, but you know, a documentary about uh, Arbroath 36 Bonacord nil. 
and discovered I discovered that um, on the day that happened, the world record, 18 miles away in Dundee, Dundee Harp, of course, no longer exists, uh, won 35 nil, and it could have been 37. The referee's not wasn't sure, but history could be <laughs> things like that. I love things like that, and that's what some green grass is about. Do you reckon there's an article in that one? I'm started it. Excellent stuff. Yeah. I love it. I Have you heard it. about the 149 nil game as well in Madagascar? <laughs> Same I'm, for the article, man. I'm, I'm writing that. <laughs> it's, it's a protest game again about, about um, the owners. So they score 149 on goals. Tremendous stuff. Oh yeah, look forward to this. Uh, right, we should start wrapping it up then. I won't. I won't bother plugging anything because at the moment I'm a, a creative um, uh, hellhole um, until uh, things change slightly. So we will start wrapping it up. And stay. I want to uh, say thanks for joining us this week. It was absolutely a joy to have you on, and hopefully you'll come back and join us again. Um, <laughs> it's not like the end of bullseye. Have you, had a good, have you had a good day, Stephen? I've had a good day. I've had a good day. <laughs> but, 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 Steve, here's what you could have won. Uh, and it your, is, money, your money's safe. It is a shit 80s speedboat that nobody could use <laughs> because they live in an inner city council estate. But anyway, uh, delighted to have you on. Hopefully you'll come back and join us again, yeah? Oh, certainly. Well, just give me a shout whenever you need me class excellent uh we should start wrapping it up that was stephen scrag you heard carl Kopak. guy drinkle's been beavering away zombievering away in the background i'm trev denny we will speak to you again enjoy the celebrations uh let yourself indulge in them a wee bit i know it's just actually hit me yesterday um uh, it really is the first time uh so today is the first day i've enjoyed being a champion red again it's a class feeling hopefully you're all reveling in it too um so until we speak to you again be kind to your fellow champion Reds and stay safe out there. Sports Social Podcast Network.